Hello and welcome to the back page of Video Games Podcast. I'm Sammy Roberts and I'm joined as ever by Matthew Castle. Hello. Matthew, how's it going uh, lately? Have you been up to much in these early February days? Oh, not really. I feel like I've just been playing Dying Light 2 forever <laughs> in order to, to get the review out, which mm. was relatively close to what I said in last week's episode. I had that kind of hanging over me. I was worried that I was going to have a very different opinion and uh, render last week's episode a bit pointless. <laughs> but uh, no, I, I kind of... I had the the right vibe, but yeah, um, yeah. Aside from that, uh, I tell you what, I have found a new, very good uh, lunch deal. Oh yeah, you'll be pleased to hear. Yeah, well, Intermezzo keep talking was out of action for a while due to the guy was ill. Oh uh, yeah, I wondered why I couldn't order. Yeah, um, so yeah, yeah, yeah. I ventured to quite an unusual place that you wouldn't naturally think of. I went to the Cake Cafe. Oh yeah, they do a kind of baguette, a, ho- a homemade cake, and any drink for like four pounds ninety. Is it a good baguette as well? It's only fine, but I'd say for four pounds ninety, like a nice homemade cake, the big bottle of apple juice. It was. It's not like a little ga- a can of Coke. I'd say you get at least seven pounds fifty worth of lunch for four pounds ninety. <laughs> That's good, yeah. It's funny how, like, um, all these places you go to, uh, the proximity to your office is like, <laughs> I can just measure in my head the exact amount of walking it takes. Well, and it just is. Yeah. I, I don't want to waste my lunchtime walking around Bath. I want to go out, <laughs> get food, come back, and watch however much of an episode of Ozark I can get through. <laughs> <laughs> Um, you big big on the Ozark train at the moment. That's kind of well, like... I'm trying to get into it. I, I don't know if it's going to ruin baguettes for me because I only ever eat baguettes when I'm watching Jason Bateman have a horrible time. So right. I don't know if it'll sort of form this sort of Pavlovian sort of response to that. See, I thought you were going to say that like there was an episode where uh, Laura Linney's character out of nowhere surprisingly beats a guy to death with a very old baguette <laughs> that's gone quite hard. And then they just kind of look at each other. Isn't that what that show's about where you're like, oh... I, I wouldn't put it past them. Like, it's the yeah. kind of thing that that could feasibly happen, but it's more like whenever I now see Jason Bateman's face, I start salivating, <laughs> which is which is un, unhelpful. Yeah, perfectly normal reaction. Um, yeah, I sort of always see that show as like, uh, oh, the uh, the husband um, is uh, secretly very bad. And then I said, but the wife is even worse. Is that like basically what the show is? Um, uh, got the they're both quite ruthless, uh, yeah. but they're also competent. I wouldn't say it's about like good people getting involved in bad business. I'd say it's about like kind of corrupt people trying to kind of keep their head above water. It's all right actually. It's 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 very Breaking Bad ish in terms of how the kind of thriller elements escalate and how every little decision they make goes on to like absolutely screw them later down the line. It's you know it's it's quite fun in that sense. Uh, terrible advert for the Ozarks though. It just looks like the worst holiday destination ever. Well, Breaking Bad very much did that for Albuquerque. It's like I have no no reason to go to this. Uh, flat pack ikea kind of like uh, american town in the middle of a desert or whatever yeah. um so yes um three and a half baguettes out of five there matthew for ozark is that what you're yeah at? basically yeah i can't say like uh, my lunches have been particularly adventurous lately me and um, my partner just went to bristol for the first time in a while went to the um burger boat there um mm-hmm. and had their blue cheese and uh, caramelized onions burger which is amazing and they also do chips that have like um uh, uh, sort of like a spicy, dirty fries. It's kind of like all the nacho stuff, but mm-hmm. on chips. And you're like, oh yeah, that's good. That's good shit. So, uh, if I was a pirate, I would definitely target a burger boat. <laughs> I'm not sure it's like capable of sailing, honestly. Well, no, uh, I'd attack it from the water and get you know, <laughs> like if I if I was looking through my telescope in Assassin's Creed. And I look at every ship and it tells me what resources it has on board to help me with my decision making. I look at one and it's like, 
it's got a load of cotton and look at another and it's like iron and I look at another and it's just like fat burgers I'd be like yeah definitely that one yeah yeah I do like the idea of like you turning up in a boat in Bristol Harbour and just sinking this burger boat and then like these but like CFD style these boxes of burgers just emerge on the surface and you just take them and sail away again that's definitely and, uh, how how boats and piracy works so <laughs> Yeah, very good. Um, yeah, so uh, yeah, nice to go to Bristol again, do something a bit different. But Matthew, we're back to we're doing another draft this episode. So a bit of a break from our uh, recent ones, which have all been console focused. We're doing a draft that's about building a Game Pass competitor. So we have resurrected the um, famed companies, uh, Big Sammy Holdings and Matthew Castle Productions. They never really went further away. But uh, for those who are new listeners, I recommend um, listening to the uh, Game Developer Draft episode of this podcast, where we establish these two fictional companies. And then if you want the complete history, I think you also need to listen to the Let's Turn E3 into a Games Magazine one. I think that has some more lore in it. I can't remember now. Um, Our listeners might remember. But um, those two combined should give you a bit of an outline. But Matthew... Um, I think this might be our most fun draft yet because the categories are like are so unexpected and um, we've got some fun nonsense at the end to, to kind of run with. How are you feeling about this episode? Yeah, I think it's going to be quite chaotic. <laughs> yeah, I, I'll be interested to know if, if what we've got at the end of this is in any way feasible or desirable. <laughs> uh, definitely not, I would say. Um, <laughs> I would say like the categories. I've, I, I think like something I've noted from doing the previous drafts, right, is that we have like... Because of the way, the nature of console libraries, you have like three to four really juicy categories and the drama sort of tails off a little bit. Um, here, I've tried to keep the drama or at least the mystery element high until the end so you don't exactly know how we're going to play it because the, the categories are very broad. Hmm. But also, they're like broad and specific at the same time. You'll see what I mean by that. But um, yeah, that was uh, that was fun. How are you feeling about the kind of way we've approached categories this time, Matthew? The, there is a bit more of a mystery element to them. There's some of them I slightly struggled with just because almost they were so big. I was like, what, you know, God, how do I do you know how do i do something exciting in this category when there's so many potentially exciting things um but there's also a couple of just like monster categories that remove loads and loads of stuff from the board and are maybe so big that they make and break the whole thing but we'll see (laughs) (laughs) yeah for sure um so we've got a little brief preamble here matthew um everyone knows what game pass is you pay a small fee and get access to a big library of games. It's growing over time. Microsoft acquires studios and um, publishers and puts their games on there. So you have a, an ever-broadening array of stuff. So they kind of seem like unbeatable in that respect. But um, I was curious what you would want from Sony or Nintendo with their response to Game Pass if um, if and when such things emerge. Maybe this is tied to like where I'm at with TV and film subscription services and obviously it's a very different scene there because that's that's already like massively splintered compared you know we only really have the one to worry about you know we're kind of where we were with Netflix kind of 10 years ago at the moment in terms of games um but I do wonder if like the the future of these things as people get more used to being a subscriber rather than a game owner maybe we see the kind of the scene fraction even beyond the platform holders you know maybe we do see you know uh, more aggressive stuff from like ea ubisoft whoever you know kind of going down that route and thinking about what i'd want the future of it to look like i value things which are 
maybe a bit more heavily curated. Even with Game Pass at the moment, it's incredibly generous. There's loads there, but I kind of almost don't know what to do with some of it because there's so much stuff. My ideal version from other people is you have the bedrock of first party, which is kind of guaranteed, or that I would want that to be guaranteed as part of the subscription service. But then what they're doing with third party maybe has a bit more shape to it. It's maybe a bit smaller. I'd actually be okay with a slightly smaller library that is a Mm. bit more carefully honed. This may be coming from the fact that recently we've been getting into Mubi, which, you know, is the sort of the world cinema art house kind of pretentious streaming service, which, you know, has a more limited library than the other services, but sort of sells itself on that in a way by sort of saying, well, it's not limited, it's curated and elite. And, you know, there's less on there. And actually, you find yourself watching more because of that, because there's, you know, you're not just sort of paralysed by all the choices. Yeah, so for the streaming service comparison, um, I agree with you. Like, I, I think the, in December, it reached a head where it was like, I have now uh, now TV, uh, Amazon Prime Video, Netflix, uh, Apple TV Plus, and Disney Plus. And I was just like, this is actually like way too much. And I kind of just need two of those, really. And even then, like you say, the kind of sheer volume of stuff means I don't always know exactly which, what to watch or what to pick or, I don't know, I'll, I'll watch 10 minutes or something and then not go back to it or, or whatever. So, um, yeah, I don't know if like more choice has actually made the process of watching things any, more, any better than it was mm. like... 15 years ago it's perhaps resulted in a, a greater quantity of like high-end product in terms of like money spent um but i don't know that um tv is necessarily better than it was like 10 years ago um i think it's just like it's just different and this is more of it so yeah curated does sound good like um i i can't really it doesn't seem like nintendo is going to do anything like this for the time being they don't need to all of their first party games sell amazingly and um also, they're much cheaper than the um, PS5 and Xbox Series X games, so mm. that works to their favour too. I don't know. I don't know that I want them to. I, I don't necessarily know that I want these services though. Like, um, I like Game Pass, and I kind of like Game Pass as it is now. Yeah, so, yeah you do wonder if they'll ever go down the route where it has like more tiers to it, because there's already mm. some tiers where there's like Game Pass, and then there's Ultimate Game Pass, which has PC as well. And there just comes a point where there's so much juicy stuff in it, you think. This can't really carry on. I guess like Nintendo's sort of Switch Online is sort of their Game Pass. Yeah. Like retro. And that's a direction I'm happy Nintendo going. It would be absolutely lethal if they decided to add like GameCube to it. And I know that they've been bumping up the price as they add more platforms to it. I'd be all right with that. That I'm fine with that too. As long as they actually like grow the library at a faster clip than they are now. Um they're just very, very languid with doing this. Yeah. And it's they're probably that yeah. that's probably like the other extreme where it is too that is too kind of arguably too curated like the n64 thing is kind of you know they're like in a month you'll get banjo kazooie and you know i'm not that bothered about banjo kazooie at the best of times but the idea of having to anticipate that for a whole month is like i mean just give it to me now like why why are you even treating it like this why are we even pretending that this is like something exciting to look forward to it's just just give it to us now it's not like drum roll here's something from 20 years ago i just i don't really get that yeah i wonder if any of it's tied I and mean, this this is definitely not the case this is just me being silly but like <laughs> you do wonder like because the stuff that nintendo have is precious is all first party 
And a lot of the people who made those games are still there. I wonder if on any level there is politics involved where you literally just don't want to upset the people who made it by kind of being like, oh, yeah, everyone can have that. Like, that's not important. That's just the thing. Everyone, oh, yeah, here you go. You know, they, maybe they have to treat it like an event just because you don't want to hurt any feelings. But you don't want to upset Mr. Metroid. He's still there, still making Metroid games. So you've got to pretend it's a big event. Look, Matthew, I don't comment on rumour or speculation, OK? So, uh, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, like, I have no idea, but either way, that just it just seems like... You just see this so many times at Nintendo, like, you know, the, the sort of whole Bluetooth thing, and, like, you know, just the, the approach to online back in the day where, like, uh, you know, playing Mario Kart DS and it the beeping the whole time you're online <laughs> right. and all that sort of stuff. Just that classic Nintendo not quite not quite doing it the same way everyone else does at the same clip, um, yeah, but surviving nonetheless because they make amazing games. It's, so, uh, it's probably yeah. that... A continuation of that rather than my bullshit theory. I enjoyed it nonetheless. I, I don't like the idea of like the president of Nintendo is like doesn't want it to be awkward in the cafeteria when he sees you know whoever made freaking ice climbers. You know, <laughs> <laughs> uh, a good bit of theory crafting there to kick off the show. It's um, like oh great. no, <laughs> it's that guy. <laughs> Quick run. <laughs> That's good. It's not, um, yeah, just uh, don't apply the how you dealt with your old athlete housemates, Matthew, to uh, <laughs> Nintendo. Some people can just do confrontation, you know. They don't end um, up hiding microwave under their desk. I guarantee <laughs> you the president of Nintendo, does at the time that we're recording this, does not have a microwave under his desk. <laughs> uh, someone um, in our Discord, which we've just opened, by the way, if you can get a back page pod on Twitter, I'll have found, found some way to pin it so you can uh, you can join um, someone accused me of law fishing by bringing that back up, and um, I think like I was just naturally curious to know how that saga ended, and I'm so glad I asked. It it was like a man with lots and lots of appliances under his desk, um, because that was the only way he could cope. It was uh, it was great time. So uh, <laughs> yeah, okay. Should we get to the draft, Matthew? Yeah, let's do it. Cool. Okay, so the Game Pass competitor draft, which I didn't label as such in our document. That's confusing, isn't it? What was I thinking? Um, so. As ever, this is a competitive draft, so no one can pick the same thing twice. It is a snake draft, so one person goes first, picks one thing, the next person picks two, then we pick in pairs until the um, until we've gone through all ten categories. So um, you'll vote on the winner at Backpage Pod. So once again, the um, the the sort of thought experiment here is that our fictional game companies, Big Sammy Holdings and Matthew Castle Productions, are um, are building a Game Pass competitor. So a subscription service where you get a whole bunch of games sort of bundled in um, from uh, from launch. Uh, so yes, it's uh, essentially we're assembling a library to compete with Xbox Game Pass. But um, Matthew, we've um, added a kind of like caveat here that hypothetically we have solved any potential input issues. Like there's um, basically what we're saying is if we add a DS game to this service, you'll be able to play it like a DS game. Is there anything else that we should note, do you think, going into this so it doesn't get too complicated for people listening? There's some rules for some of the categories, but I guess we can explain those as we as we talk through it um, so that it didn't become just completely ludicrous. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, so, yeah I, mean, I think that's the key thing. You've just got to imagine that by subscribing to this service, you are somehow able to play everything on the service on a device. Yeah, we're not saying you have to own all the respective machines to enjoy this. Yep, and for those who enjoy the uh, the the bullshit, there is a last um, a last section. We'll take a break after we've done the draft section, and we'll go through some um, fun bullshit sec- uh, fun bullshit section where we'll talk about the name of our Game Pass competitors and that sort of thing. Um, uh-huh. The voting though should just be based on these uh, these ten categories. 
So uh, let's go into the categories then, Matthew. I'll just read them out. So uh, number one is cult favorite game. Number two is licensed game. Three is game with all expansions included or ongoing MMO. So you get all the expansions with the MMO if you Mm -hmm. go with that. So that's like a live service element, I guess, to the Game Pass thing. Uh, Number four is scored 90 plus on Metacritic. So any game that basically got that average or more. Category five is never re-released. So that's pretty self-explanatory. Category six is short game. Category seven is game that isn't out yet. So a forthcoming release to try and make these um, competitors sound spicy. And um, uh, category eight is lost game, a never finished game resurrected for your service or a translation of a Japanese game that ne- that already exists and never came to the West. So the idea is there you're giving people that Star Fox 2 style thing of like, <laughs> here's a here's a cool thing um, that you haven't seen before to, to get you invested. Probably the most com- one of the most complicated categories, but the- but wait. Um, category 9 is an entire game series. So every single entry in a series minus spin-offs. We had to do minus spin-offs because otherwise you might as well just pick Mario and get Paper Mario and all that stuff. And the other ones become a bit sort of redundant. Um, and Category 10, finally, is the entire library of a single console. <laughs> so I will recap those before we go into it. But Matthew, um, top line thoughts from you, please. I mean, well, as people can imagine, the entire library of a single console is pretty major because really that is the meat. I mean, that is like 99% of what you're going to be playing is represented by that one category. We agreed between us, and I believe this is right. You can correct me if I'm wrong, that once you've taken an entire console's library, the other person can't take games from within that. Is that right? That is correct. Yes. So um, that's pretty. That 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 can also like cut you off from from lots of stuff. Um, but I think we but, agreed that we wouldn't let that overwrite the series. Yeah. So yes, if uh, if one entry is on the console that the other person picked, they can still have that game because they've picked the entire series. Yeah. So we didn't want to make that too complicated. So, but otherwise, it does kind of cut off um, a whole bunch of other picks. So uh, <laughs> yeah, it's interesting stuff. Um, I'm going to read those out again, Matthew, um, just to, to, for, so people have it in their mind as we go into it. I actually did have one what? quick clarification on the never re-released. Do yeah. we mean, like, does that also include, like, virtual... It hasn't been on virtual console services? No, it doesn't have to be that rigid. Like, okay. there's never been, like... What I'm saying is there's not been, like, a HD remaster okay. or... You know what yeah, I mean? That's, like, it, it, that's fair enough. A formal, yeah, I'm talking about, like, a physical release that hasn't been released physically again, basically. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, um... Okay, I'll fire through these very quickly. Uh, one, cult favorite. Two, licensed game. Three, game with all expansions included or ongoing MMO. Four, scored 90 plus on Metacritic. Five, never re-released. Six, short game. Seven, game that isn't out yet. Eight, lost game. Nine, an entire game series. Ten, the entire library of a single console. So I think Matthew's right. Like, whatever you pick for category ten might just shape who wins or loses. But I think it was important to have in there because... If you really were going to set up a Game Pass competitor draft, you would probably have to, like... Uh, sorry, Game Pass competitor, you would have to have, like, volume on your side. Yeah. And that's... You know, this is one of the reasons that backwards compatibility happened on Xbox, is because it gave them, like, a big library from the off, essentially. Mm-hmm. So it was a it was a shrewd move. Um, so, yeah, we think that um, each of these will, uh, will need that uh, library in order to thrive on the market for a big Sammy Holdings and Matthew Castle Productions not to go under, essentially. Yeah. 
So we're, we're also yes. cutting off the console at last generation. So you can't like future proof it by saying PS5 or Series X, and you can't have PC or Switch. I think we agreed. I think we agreed Switch because, or, or we agreed you could have Switch, but you could ha- you'd have to have it as it is now. You couldn't have yeah. like you know um, the Switch in three years or whatever it ends. Yeah. So yes, um, it makes sense. Um, Matthew, let's get into it. Do you want to do the coin toss? Yeah, let me get up my coin tossing. Have I won every single one of these coin tosses th- today? I think I have. Yeah. I will say as a general thought, a general thought, like um. This I haven't taken this draft as seriously as some of the other ones. Like it's a bit, it's a bit too preposterous. Some of the categories I think I've got smart picks for. A lot of them, and just like, oh, that would be cool. I mean, in truth, there's so much good stuff that you can't, ha- you you simply won't be able to pick. I'm sure it'll be fine. Right. Uh, what, what do you fancy? Heads or tails? Uh, tails. Tails. It is. Okay, so I get to choose whether I go first or uh, yeah. second. Just gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna take first. Okay. Let's do it. This might not be worth it, but <laughs> I'll do it anyway. I'm going to go Category 10 first. Yeah. Entire library of a single console. And I'm going to take the PlayStation 2. Okay. An absolutely vast library of games there. Games that are quite fairly inaccessible, generally, I would say. There's not like... There's PlayStation now, but it's not an easy way to play a vast library of PS2 games in the modern age. So this is, you know, giving you that, that whole library from Metal Gears to Silent Hills to, you know anything you want basically and i think that <laughs> the curiosity factor of that is just dipping in and seeing what's out there and being like oh tonight i'll play gregory horror show or auto modelista or, uh, <laughs> or or devil may cry 2 and i think that like um that was my thinking there i thought about ps4 because that's a robust library of very playable modern games but i don't know ps2 the kind of raw excitement of that if someone sold me like a game pass competitor was like we have every single ps2 game i'd be like fucking yes i'm there interesting matthew yeah so for this one i kind of wrestled with what i thought was best what i thought you thought was best i put it down to two one of which was ps2 i guess we'll see what i think is the other one but um yeah i was really umming and ahhing about this of the balance of like the size of the library versus the fact that people maybe like modern shiny games versus like how many classic things I could just tick off by taking one particular library it's uh, yeah I think I think PS2's PS2's a great a, a great choice yeah you get a lot of stuff auto modelista the only reason people are playing auto modelista is because it starts with an A and is at the top of the game pass list <laughs> Yeah, that's uh, that's definitely going to be working in its favour for sure. So uh, <laughs> yeah, um, so people, uh, you know, it could take you years and years to get through this library. You still wouldn't complete it. You know, you get to like tack and the power of Juju, and you're like 85 years old. <laughs> I think you'll be fine. So uh, we're talking a deep library here, and um, Matthew's favourite PS2 game, Red Faction, of course, which is included <laughs> in this one. Uh, so what are your first two picks, Matthew? So, well, I'll t- also take, a, you know, it, it makes sense to take the library off the board so it doesn't confuse matters more than anything. I think I'm actually going to take Xbox 360. Yeah, this is the other one I thought about too. Yeah, like, I thought what you said about PlayStation 4, like, people wanting modern games makes sense, but actually, I think this this generation is so rich it is so massive like there is just more happening i think that the next generation we talked about this on a previous episode has loads of great games but everything takes everyone much longer like this period you get like crazy like 
you know, well, a crazier rock star productivity. You know, you get Mass Effect, you get Portal 1 and 2, you get the, you know, the arrival of Dark Souls 1 and 2. I just think this this generation has so many 10 out of 10 absolutely adored games. I did contemplate PS4 as a shinier thing because people like shiny modern games. They still feel modern. You've got all their first party games, but also their first party games are also similar. I think you get greater variety with 360 plus Xbox Live Arcade, which I'm assuming is in the mix. Yeah, that's fine. Yeah. Um, let me throw this at you, though. The reason I didn't pick 360 is that almost every single 360 game I want to play, I can play on my Xbox One uh, or uh, Xbox Series X. Like, that was what counted against this for me. It's the, the the juicier factor of, like, I can't access this was kind of, like, more why I picked yeah, there, the PS2. Yeah, there is that. That's going to be against a lot of consoles, though. Um, I just think in terms of, like, money spent to, like, the amount of stuff I'd want to play, to have access to all of that is just... Uh, that's that's maybe not as enticing as PS2, but it's it's as close to it as I can get, I think. Yeah, all right. Well, it's um, certainly a console I love, so, uh, I, you know, I think it's a very strong pick, um, regardless of uh, how many Splinter Cell games I can currently play on my 360. So, um, yes, uh, why don't you uh, hit me with your next choice? Yeah, so next choice uh, for entire game series, um, I'll I'll take I'll take all the mainline Mario's. That ge- that gives me my Galaxies. That gives me my Odyssey. Gives you retro stuff if you if you're desperate for that too. There are a couple of things I thought about for this. So I'm sure we can discuss them when you get to this category. But I think in terms of variety. That will help me also by not picking a Nintendo console for the entire console library. This this gets me and this gets me like several of the best games on several different Nintendo consoles. Yep, um, I think this combined with 360 is like good strategy in terms of like covering off bases. You know, you got like a big Nintendo box ticked, and then also all of this like very un Nintendo um, Microsoft stuff and Western publisher stuff. Ooh. So uh, yeah, good good thinking there, Matthew. I like it. And uh, yeah, what I, what I will say is that if I had access to all the Mario's, I'd pl- I think I'd play one that I'd be done for quite a long time. But like you could say that about any game series. So uh, yes, mm, um, interesting. But, uh, hey, <laughs> interesting <laughs> undermining really. the greatest Nintendo catalog of all time. <laughs> yeah, that's bold, isn't it? But um, <laughs> oh, yeah. I'll probably get a bit. I mean, um, you did. I think you that... did say that like these games tired you out because they were too creative or whatever it was <laughs> <laughs> that made me sound like the most kind of like vanilla man of time who can only look at like the the color the color beige before his brain just hurts that made me sound so like <laughs> you uh, basically saw mario turn yeah. into a cloud and went oh no, that's too much <laughs> uh, no more no more for me i'm full and that was i'm full no i have seen it <laughs> <laughs> that was the day i sold my week yeah um no, it's uh, that's it's a, it's a good pick. Yeah, you get a good, good spread of stuff here. Yeah, I was actually surprised you didn't take another category first because I wouldn't have rushed to take Mario. So, um, okay, well, there's one other thing I'm on the board that's quite spicy, I think. But yeah, Ooh. okay, should we get to my next choice, of Matthew? Yeah, hit me. Yeah, you've got two now, so two picks. Yes, let's go with category eight: lost game, a never finished game resurrected for your service, or a translation of a Japanese game that already exists. So. We're going to take Silent Hills. Yeah, I knew it. It makes sense. Yeah, <laughs> what, it makes sense. Always I actually like him. Silent Hill from me in these drafts. <laughs> that is the theme of these yes. drafts. Is I'm not quick on Silent Hill. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's so funny. Um, yeah. So 
I actually like really, really considered um, Final Fantasy versus thirteen here, <laughs> um, the kind of Nomura version of fifteen. Like he would, because like he basically put a version of that in Kingdom Hearts three. <laughs> I think that seeing the kind of like Nomura version of fifteen would be quite interesting to people. So I've considered that, but gotta pick the um Hideo Kojima Guillermo del Toro uh, horror game that was um barely seemed to like really exist and then kind of went away the thing that followed PT I feel like this is like the ultimate lost game that people talk about still on kind of like social media posts and still people still think that Kojima is going to go back and make this and it's just never going to happen but like I can't deny that you know Kojima meeting Silent Hill is just an enticing thing so for this service it would really make a splash so I think that's a good pick Matthew thoughts uh yeah I mean it was it was my number one pick for this obviously um actually i shouldn't say that because that makes my second what i whatever i picked diminished so it was my number two pick for this i think i've still got something interesting he lied um <laughs> dinosaur planet on n64 <laughs> coming your way yikes uh, yeah i mean the good thing about this category is that the game the games like they're completely unknowable you could say like mm. this had the makings of a ten out of ten. We have no idea, but yes, as a novelty factor, wow, they've resurrected this basically impossible to resurrect game. <laughs> yeah, that's very enticing. Yeah, this is like the kind of closest to a sort of like magical fiction category um, in this whole yeah. thing. So yeah, I think that there was there was a few other things I thought about there for this, like um, you know, police noughts and games that hadn't been translated here. But you have got to pick something really big and juicy here, I think, to compete with the mm. old uh, back back page pod listeners. So. So my next category, um, let's go with, I'm going to take Game With All Expansions Included slash Ongoing MMO, and I'm going to take Final Fantasy XIV. Oh. Yeah. So thinking here is this MMO is so beloved, they had to take it off sale because it was too popular. (laughs) Um, So... As a thing that's bundled in with the um, this uh, this Game Pass competitor of mine, I think this is strong. Get all the expansions, get your uh, subscription fee included. It's uh, it's all in there. Go do some um, yeah some epic Final Fantasy fourteen uh, stories on um, on Big Sammy service, uh, which I I can't reveal the name of yet until later in the podcast. So thoughts on this, Matthew? Yeah, I, yeah, it's a tr- I'm, I am so bad on MMOs. I was really racking my brain for one which I had any idea about that I could offer any kind of analysis of. You having said that, yeah, I'd, I'd definitely be up for, like, a nice, neat version where you definitely get access to this. Yeah, that seems very wise. <laughs> okay, well, I'm excited to hear the next two Matthew Castle categories. Like, thrilled, in fact. Why do you go ahead? So I thought you were going to go... I thought you'd go for future game. I, uh, I guess I've left something on the table there, but we'll see. I am going to go for that. Let's let's just get that out of the way. I'm going to go for a game that isn't out yet. I'm going to take Grand Theft Auto 6. Okay, interesting. That's not what I thought you'd pick for this category. We can only just make this because it's only been formally said that they're working on it. I know everyone's like, oh yeah, that's a surprise, but I think this is valid. This was this was one of the this was one of the biggest games. You know, this is one of the biggest games of the moment. Uh, I don't want to say, like, I'm assuming it's going to have, like, a big online component which would tick that off. I mean, we can't say that. We don't know exactly what form it'll take. But I think being able to pull the next Grand Theft Auto... Uh, well, is this does this guarantee that I get it eventually or that I can have it now with this category? I think it has to be eventually. Eventually, okay. Because um, I was going to yeah. say, the ability to, like, pull Grand Theft Auto 6 into, into today would obviously be an <laughs> astonishing get. <laughs> um... <laughs> But I know what these games are like. They they truly dominate the video game discussion. I'm more so than 
your Elden Rings or whatever, you know, that you, you've got your little niches who are into sort of smaller things, but this is the, in terms of like mass popularity, maybe not the thing I'm personally most excited about playing in the future, but if I can guarantee that day one you can play this for free, um, on well, for free, as part of your subscription service, I think people will be really up for that. Yep, a good pick. This was my number one pick, but I have a number two pick that's so, so close in terms of um, what I think is valuable. So, yeah, Grand Theft Auto Six. Yes, um, they've they've said it exists. I joked on Twitter, Matthew, that if we were still on magazines, like an editor in chief would arrive out of nowhere and be like, "You need to write six pages on this before your PDF deadline tomorrow." Just this, like one sentence announcing the game or whatever. So, uh, <laughs> yes, GTA Six, good choice, Matthew. So, what's your next pick? I think for scored ninety plus on Metacritic. Zelda Breath of the Wild. I think that still means you could take Zelda as a series and that would be fine if you wanted to. I don't know if you will. Again, maybe I'm just shoring up the fact that there's not a lot of Nintendo on this platform apart from all the Mario games. But all the Mario games, the current best Zelda game, uh, I think that's sensible. Yeah, that kind of makes sense. Um, yeah, I think that this is it's quite interesting actually because when you look at this, this, this is a massive like lo- load of stuff you can pick from here. So loads of different ways you can take yeah. it. But yeah, you know, I, I sort of I per- I personally feel like I've very much got Breath of the Wild out of my system. But uh, you know, may people enjoy it? On oh, your service, so. this always happens. <laughs> I think it's like oh well. Yeah, I mean, yeah, if you, yeah, I guess if you're into that kind of thing. <laughs> I'm just sat here thinking, how many how many more Silent Hills can I take from Matthew? Um, you know, <laughs> there are no more Silent Hills. Uh, there's one on PS One and uh, the, uh, the the later ones that people don't like as much. But anyway, yes, I, um, it would be very strange if the underpinning strategy of your Game Pass was to get as many <laughs> Silent Hills as possible. <laughs> extremely yeah. cursed it's like we may not have the best games we've certainly got the spookiest games <laughs> well yeah i mean i do have three of them on my uh my ps2 yeah. so uh yes um good good all right sensible picks there should we move on to my next picks matthew yeah. all right so let's go with license game and i'm gonna take star wars rogue squadron 2 rogue leader Ooh. um i think this is a good pick because it is lost to time um it's uh, you know a very hard game to emulate on like GameCube emulators. I think that might have changed in recent years, but I remember there always being some like graphics clipping out issues and stuff um, if you try to do that with this game. So Star Wars um, space fighter game, I would say like not really better than the very specific type of um, spaceship combat it does, which is that kind of like more Star Foxy kind of like ground combat stuff. We fly around in X wings. Uh, knocking off objectives and um it looked absolutely beautiful for the time would look amazing if brought back in hd so why not bring it back on this service you get this from day one just go enjoy this um gamecube star wars classic which um i think still holds up very well thoughts matthew it's interesting once some of these other categories once we get into them that's what i mean it's like you've got every ps2 game and you're like oh and and this one license game it's kind of you know <laughs> definitely valuable definitely interesting i'd definitely play it or i'd be like oh that's interesting it does also underline just how sort of demented these game passes are that we're making because <laughs> it's like you've got every ps2 game and wave squadron <laughs> and everyone's like what <laughs> Why did you do it like that? Why didn't you balance it yeah. more? Why didn't you have some PS2 and some GameCube? Yeah, I, you might say this draft is conceptually flawed from the off. Who can really, uh, who can really say? It's absolutely mad. I just, I, I can't picture the advert where it's like every PS2 game ever and Final Fantasy fourteen, and, <laughs> and yeah. you're like, oh, okay, uh, well, yeah, I guess I like those things. <laughs> and that Silent Hill game that got cancelled. Uh, <laughs> 
Yeah, okay. Um, yeah, it is. I suppose, like, a little bit of it is people are voting on the kind of taste, I guess, or the balance of stuff. Yeah. Like, um, like, you know, it's sort of like, it's less thinking about, oh, Samuel's got this as Football 2003 on his Game Pass, technically. It's more thinking, like, you know, what speaks to my sensibilities in terms of curating the stuff on top of the big library. So I think that was kind of like my thinking and how I stacked this. Interesting, okay. Um, and it wouldn't be a draft without some freaking Star Wars in it, that's for sure. <laughs> yeah, that's. Uh, I'm afraid that's me. Matthew doesn't really give a fuck about Star Wars, but <laughs> I'm there, baby. Yes, okay, good. So my next pick then, an entire game series. Let's get out of the way. I'm going to take Zelda. Okay. Um, I think uh, it's true that I didn't really have much in the way of like Nintendo stuff on my uh, Game Pass competitor. Zelda offers me a strong variety of stuff. Like you said, Matthew, um, it will get me Breath of the Wild, and it also gets you some retro games on top of some modern games. And um, I think like this, these games are like fairly evergreen. Obviously, we did a very, a very good Best Zelda Games episode. I think just having these um, to hand gives me a good counter to your Mario pick. Any thoughts? I, um, I did on and on about it. I, I thought at the end of the day... You maybe got a little bit more variety with Mario. Like Odyssey is 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 I'd say more different to Galaxy than most Zelda's are to one another. You know that there is maybe less variety in it, but at the same time, by having every Zelda, like you are guaranteed to have someone's favorite, everyone's favorite Zelda. Everyone has a favorite Zelda, and it's probably quite an important game to them because Zelda tends to be. You pick either Mario or Zelda, you're guaranteed to get. You would hope a person of tastes one of their top 10 games of all time yeah for sure um there's also a part of thinking here too was that in terms of like navigating the no spin-offs rule zelda's quite good for that because even the games that are that could be called spin-offs like the oracles games are part of the main series technically still so that was the other thinking the only thing you don't get is like crossbow training Yeah. Um so yeah, that was that was part of the thinking really. It was like, well, I know that this this hoovers up a whole bunch of stuff that's like slightly different to each other. So yeah, that's why I picked this and not like Final Fantasy, which I thought about, but once I got the PS2 and FF14, I thought this is kind of a bit of a redundant pick to pick the Final Fantasy series because I've got a bunch of the ones I like, not all of them admittedly, but some of them. And so uh yes, that was the uh the thinking there. So I think we move on to your next two categories. Matthew. Yeah. Oh man, I'm actually getting... some of these are a little tricky because I um really I feel like one of my big aims <laughs> with these drafts now is just to pick something that doesn't violently shit the bed. It's not so much about picking the thing that wins; it's about not <laughs> picking the thing that loses. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it has like turned into that. Uh, it's like the Hydro Venture Red right, Faction. Right, this is the rule, thing. I do it? not want to give anyone a sort of thing to beat me with. The alternative is you do the thing where like you put all of your experience points into like dialogue, and then you coax the listenership into thinking that Infernal Machine is a great N64 pick. <laughs> I knew you were going to say Infernal Machine. <laughs> <laughs> That's like, that was that uh, that was the Red Faction and Hydra Venture of that draft, but you were like, hey, it's this great game you've never played. And it's like, That's just not true. It's like a 6 out of 10 platformer puzzler game. <laughs> that is, anyway. how, how dare you compare that to Red Faction? <laughs> And uh, it's a compliment to compare it to Hydra Adventure because that's amazing. I'm not saying that these are bad games. They're all fine. I'm just saying they're not like the juiciest games to pick. (laughs) They should be, though. That's my point. Weirdly, there's categories you haven't picked stuff in, which I think I could... Like, 
I think I could react to what you pick, so I'm not too desperate about getting in earlier. They're a bit too broad for it to be like fiercely. That's the thing, like, like cult favorite yeah. and and even licensed game. I'm I'm not too worried about. Well, I've got licensed game anyway. Yes, yeah. Never re-released. I'm still umming and ahhing about that. I almost. I'm going to be honest. I'm kind of waiting to see what you do for that, just so I can kind of see see what the standard <laughs> is. <laughs> right. Okay. Uh, I see. Okay. So I'll go for Lost Game, even though it's 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 not competitive and you can't pick it. Um, I did want Silent Hills. I am going to take. Uh, I'm going to take Amy Hennig's Star Wars game, Project Ragtag. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Good, good pick. I know. I just made fun of you for always picking Star Wars. This obviously ticks, ticks that box. The pitch of this, as it was known, was it was going to be like more of an Uncharted style, um, we hope, Uncharted quality. That's what I'm gambling on, that it was basically going to be as good as Uncharted, but with Star Wars in it. We obviously can't argue against that vision because we didn't see it. We can't really argue for it either, arguably. So yeah, let's let's go with that. I'm going to say Project, Project Ragtag, which I believe was its sort of, we never knew it as anything else. A very good pick. I always wanted to play this. Um, it seemed like it never got out of like pre-production properly, which was kind of a bummer. Um, the little bit of it they did show, I was like, oh, that looks tasty. Can it's I just play a that? a man game? stepping out of a doorway into like a dusty planet, right? Uh, yeah, indeed. Classic Tatooine uh, Star Wars. Can't fucking go anywhere else, particularly if you're watching the Book of Boba Fett. It always ends up on Tatooine again. So boring now. Can we please go somewhere else? Um, <laughs> but yes, um, had lots of stormtroopers in that little bit of uh, uh, <laughs> gameplay. And like, yeah, the, like you, I was... Very, I was all in on the um, the kind of Uncharted style Star Wars game. That feels like a real, a real miss. And uh, maybe now we'll get a game like that with um, the Star Wars license like spinning off in about mm. a million different directions, which I find quite exciting. So, I, I uh, wondered if you yeah. might have taken that LucasArts Star Wars game for this. I don't think it was going to be more than like a seven out of ten. Oh, really, okay. um, I think like at the time. The thing, the the thing that got it um, interest was it, it looked like a next gen game at a time when no one else was talking about next gen. So that's why I think thirteen thirteen was like tasty for a while. But now, uh, even though there's some good footage of it that released a few weeks ago, I'm not really. Uh, I didn't think it was that good a choice. So um, not compared to Silent Hills anyway. Mm. Okay, so what's your next pick, Matthew? For game with all expansions uh, included or ongoing MMO in the name of balance and variety which i think is important in these game passes um i'm gonna take the sims 4 and all its expansions that's a really good pick i like that i don't think there is currently a service which offers this i don't think even like ea's most premium version lets you get all the expansions for free i think they are still trying to gouge you on that i may be wrong if I'm wrong, then you know it's a little less sexy. But that no, you're right. You're that right. is that is hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of pounds worth of game just from a financial perspective. And like, I'm not a big Sims guy myself, but I used to work with um, Alice on Rock Paper Shotgun. She was like a huge Sims head. I was always struck by like man alive, they take their fans for a ride. Like they give them a lot of desirable stuff, but. It's so kind of partitioned and overly priced, and the ability to offer all that, I think, is... As I'm not interested in MMOs, I think that's that's something cool. Yep, I think that's a good choice. Um, the other one I thought about for this category was Destiny 2, Matthew, because... Um that's always getting new stuff. Yeah. I know you're not a big, you're not a big Destiny. That's head, it. But, I, I, um, I thought yeah. that would just be too, too false. I've been like too sniffy about it to to pretend. The Sims, you know, I'm not massively into it, but I sort of recognise that it's an interesting quality thing i think they're like 25 quid in an expansion or something like that so you are you have like um chosen wisely here i think and uh 
It seems like it's uh, it seems like it's like the last few years its popularity is crested even higher than it ever had before as well it feels like people really really they, love they this. seem so, um, content to treat it just as a platform there may have been mentioning of like yeah sims 5's in, in the same way that there's always a gta in development but um they haven't talked explicitly about it so i feel like there's still a healthy dose of sims 4 to come oh yeah they're so uh, eight years old at this point and um i think like the sims 3 uh like only lasted for like three or four years so um yeah, a good choice, I think. Um, I thought about some Paradox games for this too. Um, your City Skylines and the like. But uh, yeah, for, like you for a bit of variety. But I think that's a good pick, Matthew. Yeah, Maybe um, I should so have. Like, I am going to lose the incest crowd by not having uh, Crusader Kings. But there you go. Uh, yeah, that's uh, what a shame. That market will have to go elsewhere, I guess. Um, okay, good. Moving on from that tasteless joke. Uh, <laughs> next pick. Um, okay, let's take game that isn't out yet. And I'm going to go with the sequel to Breath of the Wild. Yeah. Um, Breath of the Wild 2. This kind of like, I think this is a, a choice on a par with GTA 6. And my thinking there is, we know this is probably out this year. Might slip till next year. I'm, You know, that seems like a possibility. But we know that a sequel to Breath of the Wild is on the horizon. And this will go nicely with my uh, Zelda series package. So you get all the Zelda games on day one. And then the next Zelda game is uh, on its way very soon. And so that's the thing you can be excited about. Thoughts, Matthew? I think, actually, the reason I dismissed it is originally I had planned to go with Zelda as a series, even though I had complete freedom to do that, and then I didn't. <laughs> Maybe I should have gone Breath of the Wild 2 instead of Breath of the Wild as my 90+. plus. We all know that Breath of the Wild 1 is good, and it's still super expensive to buy. Breath of the Wild 2, like, you know, it's unlikely, but there's always a chance they could shit the bed. <laughs> <laughs> It's fair. You needed to fire it back a little bit, Matthew, after all my dunks on, like, Mario and stuff. I, I sort of take that back. <laughs> I, refuse to, I refuse to be painted into a corner where I slam a future Zelda game. Like, that's absolutely preposterous. Like, truly, yeah. like, what's the point in winning a draft if you, if that's what you had to say to get there? <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's really funny. Yeah, okay, good. Um, like, what have I become? <laughs> yeah. This is like, yeah, just, yeah, the monster. The monster has emerged. Yeah, okay, great. So we've got all the Zeldas. Um, uh, I'll just pick my next one, then we can recap where we are so far, actually. That might be good. I'm going to go with Category 1 next, Cult Favourite. And I'm going to take Snatcher on Mega CD. I have played this. This is a re-release of the um, Hideo Kojima-designed graphic adventure game um, that was released, I think, on, like, MSX, I think, originally. Something like that. Um, but it came out again on Mega CD and was localized and had like vo- voice acting added and stuff. Not very good voice acting, I will add. I have played this. I used to have a naughty PSP that could run this, and um, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's how I uh, how I played it. So um, yeah, kind of like a mashup of Blade Runner and Terminator. It very much like if you kind of f- familiar with either of Snatcher or Police Noughts, those early Kojima games, they are like you know, just taking 80s and 90s films and kind of ripping them off wholesale in a way that, like, you know, um, Metal Gear Solid obviously lifts the Snake Plissken character from Escape from New York. But obviously Kojima never got sued because John Carpenter said that Kojima was a nice guy, so he didn't sue him. That was, like, a great, uh, great story that came out. But Snatcher, yes. I think um, a game that lots of people will be curious about was technically released in the West and um, would be a great thing to like shout about having on the on the platform. Thoughts, Matthew? Yeah, I, I must admit, I actually haven't played Snatcher, so I would I would happily play this. I didn't have a naughty PSP nor a Mega CD. Um, <laughs> yeah. yeah, so uh, yeah, I, I yeah I, I would be up for it and uh, yeah a good cult favorite for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's uh, I guess it's kind of weird to have a 
um, a kind of a Game Pass competitor that has Snatcher on it, but not the original Metal Gear Solid. But what can you do? Um, you know. So what? You yeah. just got to live with these things. Um, <laughs> I think so. Um, so let's recap so far, Matthew. So I've got I've got Category One Cult Favorite. I've got Snatcher. Uh, Category Two Licensed Game. I've got Rogue uh, Rogue Squadron Two Rogue Leader. Game with all expansions included. I slash MMO. I've got FF14. Um, Lost Game. I've got Silent Hills. Uh, an entire game series. I've got Zelda, and the entire library of a single console. I've got PS2. What about you? Uh, I've got game with all expansions included. The Sims 4 scored 90 on Metacritic. Breath of the Wild One game that isn't out yet. GTA 6 Lost Game Project Ragtag. An entire game series. The Mario series. An entire library of a single console, Xbox 360. Very good. These are like these are good services. I'd sign up to either yeah. of these. Um, well, I'd have to have both. Maybe both. I'm cursing it. Yeah. <laughs> what are your next two picks then? Oh god, this is we're really getting into the don't blow it zone. Oh, I actually miss. I actually missed one off of my uh, my recap. Sorry, because I didn't have it underlined. But that's a um, game that isn't out yet. Breath of the Wild Two. Oh, yeah, What's it got? Yeah. Sorry about that. Yeah. Just have to remind everyone that you got that. Um. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, that'll be the final words of this episode. Uh, goodbye, and just to remind you, I've got Breath of the Wild too. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I probably would rather slightly play GTA 6, if I'm being honest. <laughs> yeah, I mean, come on! <laughs> I know you! I'd love... I'd love to fucking see GTA 6 in action. I just, oh, God. You're like, oh, yeah, I guess. I guess GTA 6 is interesting. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I just, I would love to see what GTA 6 looks like. Oh, I'm, I'm excited God, for that next-gen GTA. Um, for license game. License game, I think, is quite a hard category in this. Well, it's a chance It's a chance to rescue one cool thing, isn't it? Well, that's the thing. Do you rescue a cool thing, or do you just ha- keep a, like, you know, something that's modern and popular? That you otherwise don't have access to. Yeah, I suppose, like, is there something that could be described that way? Like, you know, people, most people have access to, like, Spider-Man or whatever. Oh, you know? I was about like, to say uh, fucking Spider-Man. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I guess, like, for me, I, I didn't want to pick something that was, like, too recent that people would have just played and therefore it wouldn't see, be seen as a sexy choice. But that, that thinking may be wrong. It may just be, again, that people just look at this and, like, oh, yeah, Spider-Man, that game we rules. See, so well, that's, I'll, 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 again, yeah. like, this is just with business hat on. I was currently thinking, well, Spider-Man's, like, the biggest thing on the planet at the moment because of the film. Like, this is more just an indicator of where I am at with drafts and how scared I am of, of like, embarrassing myself. <laughs> but I think I am going to go Spider-Man for the... For the I should point out for the PS4, not one of those ropey-ass PlayStation ones. Surely you want the um, the PS5, right? Uh, you, oh, yeah, I could have the PS5 version of it. So it's got ray tracing, so you can really oh, see Spider-Man in those windows. <laughs> that that version of Spider-Man looks fucking amazing. Well, there you go. You, like, you know, then yeah. it, Surely, as my single current graphics showcase, apart from GT6 <laughs> in the future, we, we assume. <laughs> yeah, I, listen, it maybe doesn't satisfy the criteria... Or a criteria of sort of rescuing something interesting from the past, but it is good. People love Spider Man, but I've got Batman covered by Xbox, so I'm, I'm not too I'm not too worried about that. I was honestly go, looking at Arkham Knight, thinking, oh yeah, I'll get all the Batmans together, and I was like, is that really? Does anyone really care? Like, if I bring the freaking bat tank that everyone hates into it <laughs> that really do- yeah are you gonna gamble the entire draft on people liking the bat yeah tank? just because the- i like yeah. it uh, yeah i thought yeah. but spider-man like there's nothing like wild about spider-man which people most people like this game i've yet to meet anyone who didn't enjoy playing spider-man 
I'm not embarrassed. Let's say Spider-Man. Okay, yeah, that's uh, you know I love Spider-Man. I think it's like my probably my favorite of the PS4 exclusives that came out. Um, can't wait to play the next one. I should really play that Miles Morales games at some, at some point. Got it sat on my desk right now in front of me. Actually, I should really get on that. But yeah. um, yes, great, great pick, and uh, yeah, probably the um, best version of Spider-Man. A probably better version of Spider-Man than the Tom Holland version, honestly. So uh, yes, good pick, Matthew. Thank you. I did. Th- t- I was tempted to do my psychological warfare thing of coaxing you into picking Arkham Knight. But but Matthew, the bat tank's so good. And you're like, yeah, you know what? It is good. I'm going to take Arkham Knight and then you lose the draft like 70-30. And like, because I've done that before, definitely. Because people, I think people said that I let you kind of like tie your own noose in the the Wii draft. And I think that is true to an extent. Like I wasn't doing like out and out warfare. But I didn't question you when you picked Hydra Adventure. You know what I mean? I I still don't think that's a bad pick. (laughs) Oh, it's up against Metroid Prime Trilogy. Yeah, That's what, like against that, nothing is better. Nothing is going to look better than that. But as a standalone thing, listen, my only crime was uh, <laughs> respecting our listeners' intelligence too much. Um, <laughs> so let's let's not do that again. Uh, yeah, we've, we don't need to relitigate that. Yeah, okay, good. Um, <laughs> that was fantastic. I enjoyed that. Um, okay. Cult favourites is an interesting one because, y- y- again, y- you've you've just approached this quite differently to me. You've 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 gone down the route of like things which are very very hard to get access to, and you you are using it as a gateway to the past, which is usually a big castle tactic as well. Is this where you pick Uncharted? Too? <laughs> it's not a cult favourite. <laughs> <laughs> it's the, one of the biggest selling games of all time. Eight million can still be a cult. This is going to be a pure heart pick heavily influenced by the fact that you know i have played it more recently he's about to shit the bed three two one four two eight shibuya scramble okay which is the visual novel i have celebrated on this podcast before maybe not brilliantly known to people currently which is which is i guess sort of is part of the you know discoverability i think if more people had access to this more people would love it um it is so funny. It's so deserving of celebration. It's so weird. I just had, I, yeah, I had, a re- I had a really, really great time with this game. I absolutely loved it. I did think about, you know, dredging up one of my Nintendo cult classics. You know, a bit of like Last Window or you know Zack and Wiki again or something. But having like a really, really good visual novel, you know, that that ticks off a certain thing. That that genre is like not represented by 360 at all. I'm not saying that one game comes close to satiating people's need for that genre, but um, better than nothing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's fair. Okay, yeah. Uh, I, I like your thinking there, Matthew. And um, yes, I think like uh, it, it's interesting because I don't know if all our listeners will know what Snatcher is. So this might end up being like a bit of a tie, this category. Mm. Um, but you have certainly sold a bunch of copies of it to our listeners. So uh, well done. <laughs> good um well they're, well, they're, uh, the, they're yeah, the last like people who need it on a game pass because they already own it <laughs> god damn it <laughs> i wonder if i should do some like last minute like messing around here to respond to some <laughs> of the, don't uh, fuck the with me. i'm so i'm so fragile <laughs> <laughs> i felt so bad actually saying uh he's about to shit the bed three two one that felt like uh... well, just this idea of like that everyone just waits for me to sort of hang myself this idea that you're just letting me tie my own noose is so sort of depressing <laughs> I do worry I've got a bit too like hard on like um, retro games as well. Like I'm, I'm start thinking, oh, people will want more modern yours stuff. Is, so I, uh, I will say yours is surprisingly like 
old school leaning. Like my little brother, yeah. who's like 19 and only plays Call of Duty, he'd be like, ugh, old games. Um, <laughs> yeah, but that's, I doubt uh, he'll you know. vote in this poll, so that's, that vote is, is absolutely doesn't help me at all. Well, that may that may change some thinking at the last minute, but um, for now, I'm going to stay the course. FIFA. <laughs> <laughs> mm. Let's go with never re-released category okay, five. Okay, I'm interested in this one because I, I was struggling a bit. Going to take God Hand. Oh, okay. So I've gone a bit retro again here, but look, Shinji Mikami 3D Brawler game, the game he made after Resident Evil Four, uh, that even he has admitted was too niche in that Archipel documentary. Basically admitted there was one person in the office. He asked, what do you want from a game? And built the game entirely for that one person. <laughs> and like ended up creating something super bizarre, uh, funny, hardcore, really, really fun. Um, it feels like games like uh, that upcoming Sif U live in this game's shadow. You've got God Hand on PS2. Oh shit, I have. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that's fine. I've got a backup, Matthew. I've got a backup. <laughs> Talk about taking your eye off the ball, Jesus. <laughs> I shouldn't have let you do that and just waste it. Look, I've got a backup. Let's pretend that never <laughs> happened. <laughs> Is everyone excited to uh, replay uh, Crisis Core Final Fantasy VII on PSP? Because I'm picking that for never re-release Category 5. Nice! <laughs> <laughs> you should have let me do it. That would have been, like, brutal. I'm, but, I'm, um, I'm keeping that in. You should keep it in, yeah, because it demonstrates a lack of competence, and people might want to vote against that, and that's fine. This is important for me. That's really funny, <laughs> that is. Um, I've just realised that that's happened with another category that I've got coming up as well, so I have to shuffle that around as well. Oh, God, it's all going chaotic at the last minute. Okay, so whenever really we release is, um, yes, Crisis Core, uh, Final Fantasy Seven. Mm-hmm. so... This is um, a PSP uh, spin-off from Final Fantasy VII, the only good spin-off they really did back when they did the compilation of Final Fantasy thing in like, 2006 or five, something like that. And um, yeah, so this game emerged kind of like full voice acting action RPG uh, telling the story of Zack, the sort of Mary Sue character who uh, Cloud sort of borrows his identity from in the game. Uh, spoiler alert there for a 25-year-old game, literally 25 years old at this point. <laughs> but um, yeah, really, really good. Fills in some good gaps, um, uh, like makes Zack into a very sympathetic character, has some like really interesting Sephiroth stuff in there, shows you Zack and Cloud's sort of friendship before the start of um, FF7, and is weirdly um, become very important to Final Fantasy VII Remake. Um, there is no reference to Crisis Call whatsoever in that game until like literally the last hour i think and then um there's there are massive references to it so um that's really interesting and square enix still hasn't re-released it and even though it was clearly pivotal to that game so i think it's a good pick for for this category thoughts matthew sounds a good pick again i I haven't played it i had to read up on it because i got very confused by what was going on in final fantasy 7 remake so i feel like (laughs) it's kind of a key text in understanding that as well yeah for sure. And my um, next pick is going to be for short game. I'm going to take Sonic Mania. Oh, on, okay. Um, uh, that could be, could be on anything, really. But, like, uh, yes. Um, Sonic Revival game is four hours long. I think that still counts as short, right, Matthew? That's yeah. fine. Um, yeah. So um, I originally had Sonic CD for this category, then realized that you technically get Sonic CD on PS2 because it's in the Sonic Gems collection. Nice. So uh, <laughs> shat the bed there once again. Had to move that around. Very good. Um, 
So yes, uh, Sonic Mania, probably the best 2D Sonic game, um, apart from Sonic 2, as we said on our Best Sonic Games episode. Um, some nice throwback levels, fantastic music, um, sort of like builds on Sonic in some cool ways, has some like nice levels. This should just be what all future Sonic games are, if you ask me. But um, hey, I look forward to seeing what Sonic Breath of the Wild is like. Thoughts on that one, Matthew? Uh, yeah, I, yep, a, a good pick. I sort of struggle with short game a bit because it just feels like there's, there's so many things you could potentially go for and yeah a short little thing that you can repeatedly play over and over that sounds good yep for sure so uh yeah why don't you go with your your next two picks it's a bit tricky because i feel like you know i i want to get a little bit more nintendo in there um nintendo have re-released most of their their really good bits i did think about for re-release you could just pick something that's really modern and new and hasn't been re-released yet like a red dead redemption 2 or something i don't know i think i've kind of got that covered with gta upcoming i'm gonna go for a heart choice i don't think this is shitting the bed you may disagree uh i'm actually gonna take kid icarus uprising okay yeah i like that uh from the 3ds uh a game which simply will never exist anywhere else because it was built you know for the 3ds and that that control setup and the 3ds screen and the, the you know the 3d screen of the 3ds i absolutely loved it i think it's a really weird attempt at Sakurai doing something a bit more sort of cinematic and blockbustery in feel. Very exciting action game. You can play it and play it and play it because it's got this huge scaling difficulty system. It's basically got 99 difficulty modes, which is absurd. I did also contemplate along similar lines, you know, like taking a Smash Brothers or a Mario Kart, uh, which hadn't been re-released, but the best Mario Kart has been re-released, so it'd feel bogus doing that. Smash Brothers, uh, I never really feel like they do much business for me whenever I've had them in previous drafts. <laughs> so I'm going to go with, yeah, I'm going to go with Kid Icarus Uprising. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to save that from the floods. I think, like, I'm pretty sure that the pegging Smash Bros did do a favour for you in the N64 draft. People were, like, b- big on that one. And I don't think it did a favour for me in the, um, the Wii draft. So I disagree with that. Okay. But I think this is a good pick anyway, because... Yeah, I don't think it was like a mega seller at the time. Came just before like 3DS had like that kind of avalanche of sales mm. and became mega popular. So a lot of people would have missed this. And uh, yeah, um, a, a good choice in, in that respect. So uh, yeah, I'm, I'll be excited to play it on uh, on your platform. How, whatever device I have to plug into my TV to get this working. <laughs> I look forward to it. But um, what's your final pick? Uh, short game. Oh my God. <laughs> is, is this where you pick Minesweeper? Oh, I could. I did actually contemplate picking <laughs> Wordle. Oh, God. You can play Wordle for free on your phone. What do you need a Game Pass well, for? Well, yeah, for? I know, but... Yeah, yeah, that's, <laughs> that's fair. I, had, didn't, I, had, I didn't say it was going to be Wordle. I said I had <laughs> contemplated it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> the thing is, a lot of short games also tend to be indie games, which are everywhere. Finding an indie game which isn't, like, readily available is a fucking nightmare. So, like, in terms right. of, like... That element of Game Pass of kind of like ooh, unearthing something interesting—that's quite—that's quite difficult. I'm just going to go with popped it, what popped into my head. The very first thing that popped into my head—I don't really know what it did—but it's it's an indie game. I love it. It's a music game, so you can replay it um, many many times over. Um, it is a delightful audio visual thing. I really loved it the, the first the, the first time I played it, and I've gone back to it a couple of times because it's so sweet. I'm going to take. Uh, Sayonara Wild Hearts. I have not played that, but I do own it on Switch. Is it, it good? It's great. Yeah, 
it's delightful. I think, I will be honest, this speaks more to the fact that I can't really think of anything I, I would sort of rather have. I don't think there is a like a knockout punch in this category. I yeah. think a lot of the things that are... You know, I thought of other short, like, indie darlings, like Edith Finch or Inside and Limbo. And, you know, we talked about this, I think, on last week's episode or the week before that, about the role of small games or shorter games on a on a Game Pass as part of a mixed sort of diet of that Game Pass. And I get it that they're important and they're, they're part of that variety, but they're also... So many of these things are sort of one and done, and that, to me, doesn't feel like it would have great value. It needs to be replayable in some way. Sonic Mania is a great example of that. I think a game, a rhythm game, a music game, often have room for improvement in them. So, yeah, why not? Like, I know it's niche. Maybe it's Hydro Venture. Who knows? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I uh, I think that this is like this is a tough category, uh, and I I do know that this was like celebrated. Maybe didn't do didn't get as much attention as it deserved, but like um, I certainly remember Chris Schilling and Jen going to bat for it on. Um, uh, if Twitter, anything, so, I'll have uh, their votes. <laughs> <laughs> that's uh, that's what counts ultimately. Um, yeah, so um, a good 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 choice. Yeah, I struggle with this category too. I was looking at so many short narrative games like. Um, you know, yeah, yeah, sort of like inside style games, you yeah. know, um, or like walking simulators, and because uh, I thought I do play short games on Game Pass. That's the thing that is like probably the main thing I play. So, yeah, um, kind of a tough one, but um, yeah, good choice, Matthew. <laughs> so we come to my final yeah, pick, your right? Final pick. Oh boy, I've been going around the houses on this. Scored ninety plus on Metacritic, and my thinking has come down to: Can I solve a problem of accessibility for people? where they might not want to spend a load of money on, like, the, the hardware needed to play it. Don't worry, it's not hey, Steel Battalion. If Steel Battalion, um, I swear to God. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I'm going to go with Half-Life Alex for this category. Oh, interesting. Um, it scored, like, 93 on Metacritic. Very acclaimed VR game. Considered, like, the best VR game made by Valve. I have not played it, but I think a lot of people, particularly on, particularly console owners who would have played the Orange Box, would be like looking at this, wanting to play it. And if I can, like, solve the input issue for people where all you have to do is pay for the Game Pass service thing and you get to play this sought-after, um, dazzling VR game, then I think that's a good a good choice. Um, I was, like, looking at graphical heft, but I've kind of like, I kind of like the fact that my console is quite big on nostalgia. It kind of sums up my, my ethos a bit of what I consider valuable nostalgia. Mm. Um and I can't be bothered to fight like a graphics war because um, it's a bit too hard to do that with some of these categories. Mm. So I kind of like the the balance of things I've got, really. Um, so, yeah, Half-Life Alex, Matthew, what do you think about that? So are you suggesting that by subscribing to your Game Pass, they somehow get <laughs> a, a complete virtual reality system? They have uh, some means of accessing it, yes. I don't know how we solve that. But, I mean, the Kid Icarus thing is a similar yeah, issue, what, albeit what, without a headset. I, I think what, what we need to, like... What we need to lay out is that <laughs> by subscribing to this, you aren't getting a hun- many hundreds pounds worth. Of- it's not like you get a Game Pass and a VR system, which like it can be used for Half Life Alex. Uh, yes, yes, that's the way it has to be. Otherwise, yeah, otherwise, we, otherwise are- we go down the realms of like, well, I'll buy it just to get the VR headset. Yeah, exactly. And we already did that with a Steel Battalion controller. I mean, that's um, fine because it's not know. used for anything but Steel Battalion. But a really expensive <laughs> Valve headset is is a really like valuable freebie yeah i agree so let's just say i can't be bothered to figure out the specifics but you get this game pass thingy and you can play half-life alex in its full 
like intended form. That's it. But um, <laughs> after you've played it, the whole thing dissolves or something. I don't know. It's lo- it's a bit like we used to when we used to review 3ds stuff. Uh, we used to get re- 3ds review units. They uh, I think DS as well. They came in like a metal clamp which had the game cards. Right. It was like a sort of like 3ds sort of chastity belt. It kind of locked the <laughs> the game cart in the slot, so you couldn't get it out and you couldn't put anything else in there. So it was like a 3ds that only played. <laughs> Kid Icarus Uprising or whatever. Oh, it reminds me as well of the... Um, do you remember like when EA used to send out review codes? They would expire after like release for some reason. <laughs> They'd be like, like, oh yeah, this code... Or maybe this didn't happen on console, but it happened on PC where you'd get like code for Star Wars Battlefront 2 and they'd be like, oh yeah, this code expires in five or six days. And it's like, don't you want me to keep covering your game after, yeah. after this? It's like, that makes no sense at all. When but, I get uh, my Steam yeah. message saying X game has been removed from your library and it's something you reviewed, <laughs> especially if you didn't love it, you, th- you sometimes think, I imagine they did this with every copy, but what if they just did it because they didn't <laughs> like my review and we're like, fuck you. <laughs> Um, so that's all 10 categories accounted for in the Game Pass competitor draft, Matthew. Shall we recap? Yeah, let's do it. Okay. Uh, for category one, cult favourite, I've got Snatcher. I've got 428 Shibuya Scramble. Category two, licensed game, I've got Star Wars Rogue Squadron 2 Rogue Leader. I've got Spider-Man. For category three, game with all expansions included slash ongoing MMO, I've got Final Fantasy XIV A Realm Reborn. And I've got The Sims 4. Uh, category four, scored 90 plus on Metacritic, I've got Half-Life Alex. I've got Breath of the Wild. Category five, never re-released, I've got Crisis Core Final Fantasy VII. I've got Kid Icarus Uprising. Category six, short game, I've got Sonic Mania. I've got Sayonara Wild Hearts. Hmm. Category 7, game that isn't out yet. I've got The Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild 2, or the sequel. I've got GTA 6. Category uh, 8, Lost Game. I've got Silent Hills. I've got Project Ragtag, the Amy Hennig Star Wars game. Category 9, an entire game series. I've got Zelda. I've got Mario. Category 10, the entire library of a single console. I've got the PS2, which includes God Hand. And I've got <laughs> Xbox 360. Those are that's that was a fun draft. Those are some really like wild, strange <laughs> picks. Um like it's <laughs> like imagine either of these services existing, just how preposterous each one is. They're a like total mess. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just to, <laughs> here are two dogs dinners. Enjoy. Um, <laughs> You're like, I mean, there's a lot of good stuff in here, but there's really no shape to any of this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's utterly incoherent. Um interesting uh yeah so um yeah it's just weird thinking that people can play <laughs> you know hurdy-gurdy on my <laughs> with my game pass but then also play like you know um F- rule of rose or something just very strange so okay good the people can vote on that back page pod pinned tweet you're picking up select which uh, lineup sounds the best to you and uh yeah go ahead try not to take my um lack of competence on the uh never re-release category into uh into account and uh, remember that mine's got Breath of the Wild too. So, Matthew, <laughs> should we take a quick break and then come back with some bullshit categories? <laughs> Let's do it. Okay, welcome back to the podcast. So, we have some fun bullshit to see out the episode. Um, got some good categories here. Uh, they're just going to give some like branding and shape to um, how the launch goes of these Game Pass competitors from 
big Sammy Holdings and Matthew Castle Productions. So let's start with um, what's the name of your Game Pass competitor, Matthew? I was trying to think of like famous things from pop culture that are like this gives you access to something really exciting, you know, like the key to the right. city or whatever. Now I thought of like obviously the classic, the defining, most desirable prize um, in all of pop culture is uh, the golden ticket from uh, charlie and the chocolate factory so mine is called the golden ticket <laughs> okay is there like you dressed as willy wonka on there or you know is there any there might be someone dressed as willy wonka but maybe we'll get to that so you're not going to make yourself the mascot for this one uh, like you did with your uh, disastrous e3 conference i plan to be present in some unusual ways but uh, <laughs> not necessarily we're we gonna get into i can that. think of better face for it what about you what are you gonna call yours uh, mine's called Big Sammy's Big Arcade. Oh, um, nice. So, uh, yeah, but, uh, you know, it's arguably sillier, but that's what we went with. Um, so, yes, Big Sammy's Big Arcade. Look forward to that. Okay, next category, Matthew. The subscription comes with one other real-life benefit. What is so, it? So, I had to ask about this. Like, how ridiculous can you... Because I was thinking, like, in terms of, like, what I'd want. Like, how, like, magic can you go? I would say it's got to be, like, at least reasonable. Okay. Um, I do, But just to give you an idea of my thinking... I've got two boxes here, one marked actual and the other marked joke. I kind of like had two preps depending on how you did it. But uh, yeah, what have you got? Originally, I wrote eternal life. (laughs) 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 I don't think that's in the spirit of the thing. (laughs) I think that might be a bit much, yeah. Every Xbox 360 game and eternal life. (laughs) (laughs) Wow, I can't believe it. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I can't believe it. I'm playing F- a fusion frenzy too, and I'm going to live forever. This is amazing. <laughs> Eternal life. <laughs> I thought you were going to say, "Oh, and it comes with Netflix or something." Not like <laughs> well, that's why I said life. magic. Like, how big can your thinking go? Right. Because you yeah. know you want a lot of time to play it. A backup, and this is so less sexy compared to Eternal Life, was that you get a monthly bag of pick and mix with it. Because pick a mix, pick a mix uh, is like the sweet equivalent of Game Pass, right? Yeah, uh, yeah, I guess so. Yeah, I mean, you could argue that Revels are, but then no, because pick a mix changes over time, whereas Revels always. Yeah, oh, and Revel and also Revels are like ghastly. Like, Revels are like the uh, equivalent of the Nintendo Switch Online emulation yeah. library, basically. <laughs> like, um, <laughs> it's, it's so it basically stays the same. Yep. Okay. Good. Uh, <laughs> so uh, my one here. Um, is the uh, we'll send one facsimile of an old games mag oh. uh, to your house of your choice every month. Oh, that's um, good. But that you get that if you sign up to Big Sammy's Big Arcades Big <laughs> Platinum Tier. Um, so you got to, that's the bracket for that one. But um, oh, look at you! You're already gouging people on extra bullshit. I offered everyone <laughs> Eternal Life as a baseline. <laughs> Yeah, okay, good. So, yeah, if you want a copy of, like, um, official PlayStation Mag to arrive, um, like, one month, uh, sounds good. And then Matthew will just send you some cola bottles and blackjacks. And, uh... Whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> a, a huge variety. There was floral gum, strawberry laces. It'll be like, it'll be like high tier, no bullshit. I yeah. won't be, like, I won't be filling out the bag with the heavy sweets to try and, like, make it easy. It won't be, like, chocolate-covered Brazil nuts. I like a good gummy snake, personally, but, uh, yeah. Well, um... Yeah, that'll be in there <laughs> okay good i like that we've gone from eternal life to pick and mix that's like i mean i know it's drop that's why i did i shouldn't have said eternal life first <laughs> i should have just gone in with pick and mix because that's actually that's fun like you can get pick and mix on like delivery and things people obviously desire it yeah i have 
<laughs> so my joke answer, which wasn't funny enough to use, because it was just <laughs> it was just stupid, was that wherever you are in the world, at whatever time, whatever country you're in, you get thirty percent off Parma ham, like wh- whichever <laughs> whichever supermarket you're in. But like it just, when I read it back, I was like, "What the fuck is that? Is that that's not really comedy, is it? That is punching up some more." That's so, something um, you want. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think I just wanted Parma ham when I wrote that down. Also, well, I did. I did think about like f- a food, like a oh, you get a JC's, but a discount. I'd want the whole thing free. That's a uh, yeah, perk. Yeah, I would also say that um, <laughs> JC's kitchen discount isn't much good if it's not dependably there each day. It's not like you can. Oh, re- yeah. you can't reliably use that bone that benefit. But you the know thing, what I mean? the amount of money we're talking about to set these services up, I imagine you could put a bit of that money aside to like make sure JC is there. Uh- <laughs> Yeah, I suppose so. I mean, it would involve, you'd have to, like, acquire JC's Kitchen. <laughs> yeah, well, like Microsoft style, like, we've paid £7.2 yeah. billion pounds for JC's Kitchen. Gamesindustry.biz has to report on it. <laughs> Big Sammy Holdings has bought JC's Kitchen in order to guarantee a Ch- JC's Kitchen discount as part of his platinum tier of his big games update. Yeah, employees are reportedly very excited about the transition in management. Um because yeah, okay. you you already on current Game Pass, you get a discount. Like if you buy a game that is on Game Pass, you get a discount. But I do like the idea of Microsoft saying, like, if you get Game Pass, you get you know thirty percent off Halo Infinity, also Palmer Ham. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Palmer Ham is very specific as well. There would also be a vegetarian option for uh, people who want such things, but. We're going to go with the uh, the old games magazine of your choice. That's, that is much better than a Palmer hand discount. <laughs> yeah, it's it's arguably maybe a bit unfair on the pick and mix because probably worth more in uh, in value. But nonetheless, these aren't the categories you're meant to be basing a vote on, so it's fine. So, what uh, one celebrity will be the face of your Game Pass competitor, Matthew? Who is it? I want a celebrity who captures the versatility and breadth of the library. So at first, I was thinking like an impressionist who is basically like a thousand celebrities in one. But I thought, no. Oh, wow, what John about- Coleshaw is the face of your... Uh- <laughs> no, you see, that's what that's what old Matthew Castle Productions would have done. <laughs> They're like but 80s Matthew cassettes, Castle- Matthew Castle. New Matthew Castle Productions has got its act together and isn't going to make mistakes like Rory Bremner is going to be its celebrity face. Oh. I thought, which actor fully transforms a true chameleon who is multiple genres at once? The face of my golden ticket is daniel day lewis <laughs> i think you're gonna say peter sellers as you brought him back from the dead or something a hologram yeah. of peter sellers <laughs> <laughs> okay yeah daniel day lewis wow that is bold i mean just like what kind of like mode is he in while promoting this is he in like phantom thread mode different adverts it's like different famous characters so you know it's like bill the butcher <laughs> shouting at you about xbox 360 and then it's like the very uptight dude from Phantom Thread is like big into, I don't know, Shabira Scramble. <laughs> and then Plain View. Oh, they're all classic. They're all really memorable characters. There's just like so much to unpack there. Um, I like the idea of like that he has to reenact characters in order to sell a Game Pass competitor. Of him going along with that, that's, that's top. I like that. Um, mm. Yep, yeah, very good. Also, um, like... It's it's he's in, he's retired. So to get him out of retirement, everyone you know that creates a bit of industry buzz. Everyone's like Daniel Day Lewis has come out of retirement to be the face of this video game thing. So that gets you like talked about in the Guardian as well. That's it. Well, there you go. Um, so uh, Alistair McGowan, no, but Daniel Day Lewis, yes, um, very good. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, Please don't compare the two. <laughs> 
I really struggle with this one, actually, even though it was the category I suggested, which is um, <laughs> classic, really. I went with Evan Peters, Matthew. Um <laughs> plays like creepy serial killers no he does he's a nice guy he's like a nice guy in um in what's it uh mayor of east town um you he's know. so sad though <laughs> yeah and he gets shot in the head spoiler alert actually, actually. It doesn't end well for him <laughs> yeah but you know he's um he's he is a very good charismatic actor he's x-men he's not a serial killer he's quicksilver oh, th- isn't he he's, a, he's an american horror show person yeah he is he's also going to play jeffrey Dahmer in an upcoming miniseries well, there we go great i mean by all means have the face of jeffrey Dahmer as your <laughs> game pass celebrity <laughs> look this guy's versatile too okay he's a nice happy face a credible actor a bit, a bit more youthful energy than Daniel Day-Lewis, which is admittedly a classy pick, but again, kind of a weird one for um, selling a service that's got like um, uh, Double Fine's uh, Sesame Street Connect game on it. You know what I mean? Like that's. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, what can you do? Um, yeah, yeah, okay. That's... Imagine Sesame Street being roared at you by Daniel Plainview. <laughs> Okay, great. There you go. I would also question. He's versatile, but it's not like he's been in like a Will Ferrell comedy. Do you know what I mean? Like it's like he, he don't, I don't know if he has like a f- super fun side. You know. Well, we'll find out. <laughs> yeah. Okay. I, I'm scrutinising this too much. Let's move on. Okay. It's E3 2022. You have to announce your Game Pass competitor with a bang. How does it go down? Basically, I hijack the Xbox conference. <laughs> okay. So conference lights go out we hear a winch powering up and the opening bars of randy newman's you've got a friend in me (laughs) he begins to descend from the ceiling in the supercar that he descended from the ceiling at my conference with daniel day lewis also in the car like roaring out the window about the breadth of my library it's classic it's classic matthew castle productions i see yeah um okay good stuff so my one you know hideo kojima comes on stage straight away Declares oh. declares that Snatcher is back, and also Silent Hills is back, and the whole world's like, "Oh my god!" Note that Matthew forgot to talk about any games at his. That's uh... <laughs> no Daniel Day Lewis is shouting them. Okay, fair enough. Yeah, out fair the fine. car over the Randy Newman. <laughs> okay, I see. Um, like, what's that angry man saying? Yep, and then so um, yep, uh, Shinji Mikami comes on stage, declares that God Hand is back. Everyone in the audience gets like um, uh, underneath their uh, their chairs gets like a, a year's worth of big Sammys, big arcades, big platinum tier um, to go away and enjoy. It's out today. Go enjoy it. And um, because um, some of my like uh, sort of corporate espionage agents had like um, have been tampering with your vehicle, it ends with you crashing through the stage in your Porsche because you can't you couldn't brake properly and you crashed into like the um, the venue of the, the the conference. So it ends with Matthew Castle lurching on stage in a Porsche. Basically, that's kind of how it goes. Well, down. That's all right because that's that's valuable stage time for me to shout about <laughs> the benefits of the golden ticket. Yeah, um, yeah. I mean, there are several casualties, but we try and um, we well, use. That's all right. Yeah, <laughs> I don't care. Anything to get my message out. Okay, great. Well, there you go. That's that one. Um, there's one final category here, Matthew. After one year, your subscribers will receive something fun in the post to thank them for their support. What is it? It's me thanking them for their support. <laughs> what, like uh, you arrive in the post for every yeah, single subscriber? In a box. <laughs> well, see, so you get shipped all over the world, basically. Yes. Okay. Um, imagine that though you're like oh my god it's Matthew Castle from Matthew Castle like if Miyamoto turned up and was like thank you for playing Zelda you'd be over the moon I, I, I thought I had a memory of like doing this category like and actually writing it down but I seem to have just written three letters which is Reb I've just written R-E-B and I don't know what <laughs> I don't know what that refers to um, oh, well. so I think what we're going to do is we're going to send you um, 
we're going to send you a steel battalion controller. That's what we're going to do. That nice. will, that, yeah, that's what you get after you. You won't be able to play it, of course, because we don't have that on our service. But you'll be able to sell it on eBay, and so um, <laughs> so that'll be good. Um, Absolutely it, preposterous. I would rather get me in the post than just a giant controller. <laughs> I'd be very anxious about you arriving. Well, you, people wouldn't know that I was going to. Well, they would because after the first one, it would get out, wouldn't it? Like. <laughs> The president of this games company just arrived at my house in a box. It may happen to you. That'll go. That'll be on Reddit day one, my friend. I jump out the box. The first thing I say is, "Don't tweet about this." <laughs> by um, by seeing me, you acknowledge that you've um, adhered to an embargo. Um, yeah. <laughs> I, I rise out of the box holding an NDA. <laughs> I have to sign. Oh, very good. An NDA um, in one hand, and that month's delivery of pick a mix in the other. <laughs> Oh, so good. I'm so glad I asked these questions. And they're, they're like, wait, there only seems to be half the pick-a-mix in this bag. <laughs> and I'm like, shut the fuck up. No, there isn't. It's all in there, I swear. <laughs> oh, dear. That's so good. Uh, I'll be surprised if you don't win now off the back of that. Uh, that was fantastic. Yeah. Okay, good. Yeah, so uh, vote a back page pod on, um, <laughs> on, the, on the best Game Pass competitor. The golden ticket. Or Big Sammy's Big Arcade. Your branding is definitely a lot more coherent across your company. Yeah, I think like you freaked out too much about being seen as a fuddy duddy, so you've like removed your own name from all this stuff. But I, I am still a key part of it. Yeah, it's like, like so, don't forget, I am mailing myself around the world to millions <laughs> of people. <laughs> that is true. Are you on stage at the E3 conference, by the way, or has that been revised this year? Is it like Daniel Day Lewis, and then you're you're off to the, the right in your armchair like last time? Well, I don't know. Well, according to you, I'm crashing through your stage at the same time. <laughs> yeah, but, but my, yours is in the morning, mine's in the evening, so it's like later on in the day, basically. Maybe I'm in the back of the car. I mean, I'd be happy just hanging out with Daniel and Randy. <laughs> the so. back of the car? I thought you meant in the booth. <laughs> <laughs> That's what Daniel Day-Lewis is saying. He's yeah. in the booth. <laughs> Ready to be delivered to uh, to our subscribers. <laughs> well, they wouldn't uh, know. That. That's a surprise, remember? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah but that, well, I would stick my head out of the boot and I'll be like, and something special will happen in a year. <laughs> <laughs> like quite a biblical proclamation. <laughs> in one year's time, from one year hence, something astonishing will happen <laughs> in your house. <laughs> but no one can actually hear you because you've got a mouthful of pick and mix while you're talking. Um, <laughs> Okay, that was really good. Uh, we've got two quick questions to see us out here. So as I mentioned, we've like started a Discord uh, where you can drop questions in, but you can also um, send us emails at backpagegames at gmail.com. Um, we're now getting quite a lot of questions, so I'm trying to get through them in a more regular pace. We'll start with this one, Matthew. Hi, guys. Just want to say thanks for all the podcasts you guys have put out over the last year and a bit. Uh, I was a big fan of Matthew's rotating platform podcast and the seminal Chet and John's a few years back, and this seems like a meeting of those two worlds, and I love it. Uh, you have the knack of making something I've never been bothered about sound interesting. For example, I barely touched the Halo series when your show came out last year, but following that episode, played the entire series from Combat Evolved to Infinite and had one of the best gaming months of my life. Absolutely fell in love with the series. I wouldn't have bothered had you not recorded that show last year, so thanks for that. Thank you. We uh, do take responsibility for the quality of Halo. That's entirely on us. <laughs> um, 
Over the course of the last year, Samuel has alluded to the fact that he's a comic books fan for a few times, and I just wondered if there's anything he's reading at the moment that he would recommend, or if he has any all-time favourite series. Personally, Sandman, Preacher, Why the Last Man, and Scott Snyder's run on the new 52 Batman book are some of my all-timers. Cheers both. Looking forward to whatever you talk about next. Uh, That was Alex D. uh, via email. Alex D. Well, thank you very much. And yes, Sam, tell us of your comic books. Yeah, Alex D, the main character of uh, Deus Ex Invisible War. Very good. Um, so, yes, I, this is a bit self-serving putting this in. If you don't give a shit about comic books, just go forward about 30 seconds or so. It's funny because, Matthew, I, on the Halo front, right, I think I, I don't think I like Halo Infinite's campaign at all. Oh, like, interesting. I was quite shocked by this. So playing it, it feels really disjointed and quite, like, unexciting. And, like, I'm pretty deep into it now, and I'm not, ve- I'm not very impressed. It's like, mm. is that kind of, that's sort of tallies of what you were saying, right? I think there's a stretch of it I did enjoy in the middle, as I said in that episode, but, um, yeah, it didn't quite do it for me. Yeah, a bit incoherent as an open world game as well. Like, a few too many kind of, like, tunnels, like, making it not properly open world. You kind of want to sort of, like, soar over hills sometimes, but you realise it's so rigidly designed that you can't actually do do that and it's kind of mm. like a bit too limited as an open world game but bass by the by um comic books yes um god there's loads i like lately i've been getting big into dc comics black label library uh, label which is um black label label that's a dumb way of putting it but it's like an imprint basically where they do these kind of like one-off stories from like um usually prestigious creators and they do them with quite fancy paper and um and they put them out in these lovely hardcovers so of those, I've enjoyed Wonder Woman Dead Earth by Daniel Warren Johnson. That's a really good post-apocalyptic book. Probably the best Wonder Woman book I've ever read, honestly. Mm. I quite like Batman Dams, but the one I really liked was um, Strange Adventures, which is uh, takes the 50s pulpy sci-fi um, hero Adam Strange, kind of like a spaceman from Earth or John Carter character, and basically turns him into like um, a kind of someone who's celebrated as a hero in the modern age, but is actually like committed genocide on this planet years ago and it's kind of like a reckoning with that the sort of tropes of that colonial kind of fiction which is really really good really interesting i'm a big batman guy generally um every year matthew asks me uh what's a good batman graphic novel i can get from my dad and i'm like uh, <laughs> buy this one and it's uh that's largely how that goes isn't it matthew yeah so, pretty uh, much but you've you know you've yet to have any complaints so <laughs> Yeah, so um, you've got some of my all-timers there. I love um, Miracle Man by Alan Moore, um, V for Vendetta, of course. Those all the books you mentioned are are extremely good. In terms of like Marvel stuff, uh, I was I was big on um, Jonathan Hickman's Avengers run, kind of like epic sort of sci-fi story, very dense for a comic book, but I think that kind of makes it feel maybe a touch more credible as a kind of a comic book storyline. A lot of these kind of storylines are just quite rinse and repeat with the Avengers. I don't get massively into them, but this was like just like a multiverse spanning epic sci-fi story with real stakes and it went on for like several years and i found that really exciting to follow um and when he finished it with secret wars um which is like the capper off to that whole run i stopped reading marvel books completely because it felt like the the finale of the marvel universe to me it was like oh, wow <laughs> it, it, it basically ends with like um reed richards rebuilding the marvel universe and like um healing um dr doom's like uh facial scarring so he looks like a you know, basically, just he basically doesn't have the kind of like deformed villain trope anymore, and um, can kind of like heal um, mentally. And I thought that was like a beautiful way to end like the Marvel universe. And I thought, well, okay, we're done then. That's good. So I stopped reading them after that. Um, but yes, uh, there, there's a bit of a, a ramble. But those are my kind of like main superhero things that I've been reading lately. I've been reading Zenith by Grant Morrison as well, um, 2000 AD book. That's a, an old favorite too. So 
Yeah, bit of a long-winded answer there, Matthew. So, okay, this one's from uh, Serifinox on uh, Discord um, in the uh, hashtag pod questions um, uh, ch- text channel. Going to charge in here and get the first question. Thanks for the Discord. You mentioned Fire Emblem Awakening on the 3DS podcast with Screb, but just wanted to ask what your history or impression with the series as a whole is. I remember 90 scores in NGC and such for the GBA games. The GameCube one made the top 20 and then the series sort of fell off a cliff for a while. The game seemed liked and considered good, but never seemed to get, uh, garner the same affection that Advance Wars did in magazine circles. Wondering where you stand on the series historically, and in the present, with Three Houses being a well-loved game. Um, this is a good one for you, I think, Matthew. Like, I definitely came to the series um, quite late. I reviewed the Wii one, uh, I want to say Radiant Dawn, was it? And played whichever the GameCube one was before that in the run-up. I don't really remember it like dropping off a cliff kind of critically. More like just not a lot happened with it between then and then and Awakening, which we've definitely talked about this on on the podcast before. But they talked about it as if this is our like last hurrah. So internally, for whatever reason, I think they'd reached a place where they were like, you know, Fire Emblem gets one last shot. I mean, that tells you like where it was at. Um, for those sort of 10 years leading up to it. And then obviously they revamp it, spice it up, and it becomes the modern popular Fire Emblem. I like them. They're not they're not games like I've spent like hundreds and hundreds of hours. You know, I've not completely like lost myself in them. You know, I've, I've got a relatively casual relationship with Fire Emblem. I've only played a little bit of the Switch one, haven't even played it through, um, which isn't like a sign of it, like it not being good or anything. Uh, just more a case of time. Um, and it's like forever on my to-do list yeah i i it's a series i want to like dig into more um potentially do a fire emblem episode uh, mm. down the line but it would require a, a lot of research on my part because <clears throat> I'm, I'm not i'm not quite there with it you know i'm more of a an admirer from afar but uh yeah as for the advanced wars thing hard to say i mean they're you know they're very different games i much prefer fire emblem to advanced wars because you know even though advanced wars is a really stripped down version of like a, a sort of real-time strategy or or, or turn-based strategy but it's got like base building the like and even that is too much micromanaging for me i like in fire emblem like you have these parts you know on the board and you can kind of deal with them and, that, and that's the situation it's about managing that the kind of uh how much each scenario can change and evolve in fire emblem is that's in in uh advanced wars it's like too much strategy for me so maybe i'm not the best person to say why that is more popular than the other yeah uh, i think that like there's a, a natural sort of ceiling on on sort of how interesting advanced wars can get i even think that they wrestled with this themselves with like some of the tonal changes they made in that last ds one mm. um and so maybe they kind of maybe there is a there's a limit to how much you can do with that. Whereas it feels like people's relationship with Fire Emblem has changed a bit, and it's isn't it kind of like a bit of a sort of like pick your anime waifu game and then follow that path and developing relationships and stuff. Matthew. Yeah, I think they've I think they've lent more into that. And definitely the, the 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 most recent one is like big big into that. Like most of the stuff you hear about Three Houses is more the relationship and kind of thirst over various characters rather than, oh, this is such a deep sort of strategic game where, you know, what I like is that it, it does have that side of it, but it all kind of connects and ties into benefits on the battlefields. Like, the two halves of the game, um, they weren't even really halves, I'd say, but the, 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 the battle system and the kind of social system were really brilliantly intertwined, and now maybe it's a bit more half-half, and that speaks a bit more to what people like. Um, you know, I guess it kind of ticks a similar box as, like, a Persona, I, I guess, is is sort of the, the vibe from the recent ones. Yeah, for sure. I think, like, um, 
like you say 2023 onwards when maybe whenever there's a new fire emblem we'll just do an episode then and get an expert in to to join us and talk through the series a little bit um yeah but it's uh, yeah it's definitely on my you know i want to dig into this and kind of have a better better grasp of it i had enough of a grasp to cover it for in gamer basically cool well that makes sense well, that's it, Matthew. We're done. Um, so thank you very much for listening. If you'd like to leave us a review on the platform of your choice, we'd much appreciate it. Uh, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, whatever. Um, you can follow this podcast at Backpage Pod on Twitter. Like I say, backpagegames at gmail.com is the email address. Matthew, where can people get you on social media? Uh, Mr. Basil underscore pesto. I'm Samuel W. Roberts, and we'll be back next week with an episode about Uncharted games. Wonderful. Goodbye. Goodbye. Goodbye.